All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, and this is just a short introduction to this episode and the next series of episodes or interviews that Steve and I do with some of the past Crown Council's People Choice Award winners. So each year, the Crown Council gathers at our annual event, but before we gather, we create a place where dental teams and dentists can nominate, uh, vote, and be recognized at our awards program. Uh, the, the annual event is a place where the membership can come together to recognize the best. And these next few episodes, we're going to dig into some of the stories of those award winners. So at the 2022 annual event, we had some award winners that we recognized, brought up on stage, told their stories. Well, we're going to dig in a little uh, to their stories and, and why they were nominated and then why the membership voted to recognize them on stage. So you're going to learn their history and a few of the things about best doctor to work for, young dentist of the year, most innovative practice, team of the year, and the list goes on. So hopefully you enjoy the next little series of episodes as we learn from the best in the business. And that's what we're strong believers in, the philosophy of copying genius, the Mentor of the Month podcast is a perfect place to do that. So just sit back, uh, learn, and listen from some of the best in the industry as they teach you what they've been doing. All right, welcome to the Mentor of the Month podcast. Awesome. I am I am Stuart Anderson, joined by Stephen Anderson and Dr. Yaya Mansour. Welcome. Good day. Hey, Stu, happy to be here. Hey, so uh, just a brief introduction if you're joining us for the first time. We are running through a 12-episode series where we are interviewing our past winners at the Crown Council Members' Choice Awards. So when we met uh, at the last annual event, or I guess, man, for the last 20 annual events, we do an awards program where the membership of the Crown Council chooses peers, and then we recognize the accomplishments at the annual event of the members of Crown Council. And uh, Rodeo Dental, where Dr. Monsoor is part of, uh, was presented what, what we called the Dental Innovation Award, but it, we'll dig into it. It goes a lot deeper than that. And we wanted to <laughs> talk to him, uh, share some of the things that we see Rodeo Dental doing, and then let him tell the story of how incredible this practice is from growth to innovation to the things that they're doing to generate new patients. So uh, excited to have you on, Dr. Monsoor. Grateful to have you. I'm I'm excited to be here. It's quite the honor to be uh, uh, to be here with you too. And and honestly, I've I've won a lot of awards. And not saying that to brag or anything. This was probably the one I was most proud of was the oh, Dental cool. Innovation Award. Very cool. Well, and you uh, are very decorated, Stu. Will you we do a quick? I will. Right I will. But before you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here here's the thing I want you to know. We have. Um, I've got a nephew, Yayan Stewart's cousin. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most degreed persons on the planet. He's got more. He's a he's a pediatric electro electrocardiologist, and I mean he's got he's got so many letters. You may rival, maybe even <laughs> beat him in terms of the number of degrees. Stu, run down the okay, list. Okay, so <laughs> so two bachelor's degrees, one in neuroscience, the other biology. Then you went on to receive a master's yeah. degree in biochemistry and molecular biology from the University of California, then DDS from the University of Pacific in San Francisco, California. So that's Yaya Mansour, DDS, MS, D-I-C-O-I, F-A-G-D. I love it. Are there others? There's probably some <laughs> others. 
there, there's two others in there. There's the the diplomat in the ICOI, the International Congress of yeah. Oral Implantologists, and Dude. then the fellowship in the AGD. And uh, but still, the Dental Innovation Award is by far my favorite because it's a team award. <laughs> yeah, it is, <laughs> and much. it's from you guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So walk us walk us back through just real quick. Give us the the history. So you got out of dental school and uh, you went to UOP. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that's where you met Sam, right? You and Sam made yep. dental school. Is that correct? Sam Sarabi, who's your that, business partner. And so out of, out of UOP, give, just walk us through the path real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So, so just take it back just a, a notch. I'm a third generation dentist. Mom's a dentist. Dad's a dentist. Grandpa was a dentist. Wow. Um, and they told me to be anything but a dentist. Like my brother isn't a dentist and they call, they call him the smart one for some reason. And it's a little uh, tongue in cheek, but um, I really, you know, growing up in the family business, I heard what was good about dentistry and kind of what the pain points were. And, and that's, I think Sam had a similar Genesis story too, with his dad. Being his a dad's dentist. a dentist. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so we saw the pain points and we saw also what was so beautiful about this profession and when we, uh, the first day, I remember the first day uh, I walked into Pacific, I saw Sam and I said, that's going to be my best friend. And I just oh. knew it from the first, from the first time. And uh, our other business partner, Dr. Brian Degoni was in that class too. And, you know, after, after dental school, I worked with my parents as well. And I was kind of doing the traveling between Texas and California and Sam went straight out to Texas and he kept telling me, you know, Hey, come on out, come on out, like check out Texas. And I thought, Oh, Texas, I can go surfing. I can drive 10 minutes and go surfing right. and <laughs> scuba diving. I could snowboard. So I went out there and we just built something beautiful with our partners. We, we really built it based on culture and a lot of the stuff we've learned from the count council from you, Steve, and, and, and you too, Stuart. And I, I can't thank you guys enough for that, honestly. Um, but we built it around culture and we built it around people. And that was in 2009. And now fast forward, uh, we're at 37 locations, 150 doctors and in two States, and we have all the specialties under one roof. So it's been quite the journey. It has been a journey and all of that started, uh, you know, the Genesis of that, which some may or may not be familiar with, but the Genesis of that was a lot of frustration when, uh, you know, that started in a Medicaid office here in Fort Worth and Sam threw in the towel and decided we can do better than this and, and uh, launched the first office. Yeah. And you guys have been at it ever since and, um, and, and do it in a remarkable, remarkable way. Um, in a, so dental innovation, here's the little bit of the backstory that one of my big, uh, one of my mentors, late mentors is Dr. Clayton Christensen, who wrote The Innovator's Dilemma. And uh, one of the things that he posited years ago is that most of the innovation starts out in a place in most industries where, where people, where most of the players in that industry don't want to play. They just don't go there. And, and those who do yeah. go there, then they figure out how to make it work. And then that ends up transforming the industry. And every time I think about that model, I think of Rodeo Dental, because that's really what you guys made some big innovations starting out doing Medicaid, uh, Medicaid dentistry that is now 
spreading out across all of dentistry, not just in Medicaid. So maybe you can walk us through kind of from the start, what were some of the first innovations that you made that were uniquely, maybe they had been done before, but, but were different than you'd typically see in a dental practice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love Clay Christensen as well. I took one of his classes, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, you know, and he talks about how you come in at the low end of the market, so you don't have to compete against the big boys and you kind of, you know, step up and, and grow. And what we found and specifically Sam found was at this quote unquote, low end of the market in dentistry, you know, he had horror stories of hand pieces with burrs flying out and tar coming from the ceiling and all these sorts of things. And, you know, we thought we can do so much better for the community. We can really provide world-class care, world-class experience. And a lot of people in, in some of these communities and some underserved communities, you know, frankly, they, they don't get treated right by society sometimes, you know, they, they, they're, they're not treated uh, with the same type of, of respect or the same type of excellence um, as you would at a higher end office. So that was the first thing we really innovated is why can't people, no matter what your insurance is, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, why can't we treat you like we're the, you know, like you're at the Ritz Carlton and you know what, why don't we take it a step further and not just the patients, but also the staff, because that's so important, your staff and your team and your doctors to be able to provide that type of excellent service to them uh, is really, really key because we, we see our staff, our patients, our doctors, that's who we serve. It's not just the patients. We really have to take care um, of the entire team as well. So that was one of the first things we started innovating on was we thought it all starts with people. Uh, the second thing was, you know, facilities and equipment, like let's upgrade, let's use electric hand pieces, let's create the lobby to be uh, an experience in its own. You know, we put yes. theaters in there. Yeah, you've seen it, Stephen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, and that part Wait, can was we, very Can we pause on that for just a moment? So yeah. <laughs> you walk into a, a rodeo office and again, the, the, the main target market is kids mm -hmm. and you walk in and it's, it is brand specific right rodeo dental so you walk into a rodeo arena yeah uh, come into the reception area and you have your own cast of characters uh you give us the names of the the characters because you got a name for like moo moo the cow moo moo the cow right yeah. and that's an actual cartoon character um but you have a so the cartoon characters are there on the walls you got a movie theater they can go in that's part of the reception area and watch a movie while they're waiting. Um, but it's, it's brand appropriate for, for what you've chosen to call the, call the, the practice. So it's different and, and kids love it. Parents love it because the kids are happy, right? Yeah. They're excited to go because it's a, you know, it's not a sterile office. It's a fun, it is a fun, fun place to go. So that was some of the base. Other innovations on the early on when you first started. The other innovations that we really wanted to bring on were all the specialties under one, on one roof. You know, we bring in, we brought in ortho right away, pediatrics, obviously, because we found like a lot of the kids in need um, in the communities we we're serving were children. And, and some people, some other doctors and communities just didn't know how to treat children. It's a whole different ball game. Uh, as well. And then we started incorporating, you know, oral surgery and endodontics. So 
now we have all the specialties under one roof, including dental anesthesia. But that was a really, really big, um, a really, really big innovation. A lot of the other things we we started doing, and, and this is a lot of stuff we learned from you, Steve, and the Crown Council. Um, we celebrate everything. Like I don't know who buys more cakes in this country than uh, than Rodeo Dental. But, nice, well, yeah. <laughs> but we definitely do, and it was it was a day uh, I remember it vividly. Uh, Sam and I were both working. I think it was a Saturday. Kid came in, had an abscess, and it was his birthday. So the oh. poor guy's like, he's miserable, up all night. Mom's stressed. She's tired. She, her heart's breaking for him. You can just tell. And we saw, you know, on his chart, it's his birthday. So the team, like Sam and I didn't do it. The team's like, hey, let's go get him, you know, let's go get him a cake. So there's a supermarket close by. They go get him a cake. You know, we were able to get him numb, get the tooth out, get him out of pain. And we come in and we surprise him. We're like, happy birthday. And the whole team sings happy birthday to him. And his face just changes from, I just got my tooth extracted and I got gauze hanging out to, oh my God, I'm in, I'm in Disneyland. And it just created this shift in, in energy. And it's become a tradition ever since, you know, if you come into Rodeo Dental and a lot of people try to come in during their nice. birthday on purpose. You know, you get a cake or you get it and you get a celebration. And that's that's been something really powerful for us. So now that so if if I show up to your office on my birthday, cake. I'm getting a cake. Is that how you're, it getting, works now? you're getting the cake, Steve? <laughs> you're getting the cake. <laughs> so anybody, anybody that'll go to the dentist on their birthday, <clears throat> that deserves some. Recognition. <laughs> it really <Exactly>. does. <laughs> yeah. it does. Um, let me it fast does. forward. Um real quick, because there have been some moments in, uh, over the last, you know, the, the life of the practice where, where you guys have had to pivot and you've had to innovate in the face of uncontrolled circumstances. So one that comes to mind is when the whole reimbursement system was changed. Mm -hmm. So this was like, a as we say in Spanish, de repente, I mean, it was all of a sudden, yeah. uh, you guys were faced with a whole different way of getting paid that in a lot of cases, it resulted in the closure of a lot of practices, not any of yours, but, mm -hmm. but a lot of practices didn't make the jump. Can you walk us through kind of what happened and what you all did in response that really ended up making you one of the leaders in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, what happened in, in it was 2012. Um, what happened was in the state of Texas, there was what we call the orthodontic crisis and it made national news. But um, basically the state stopped reimbursing for orthodontic services unless it was a really severe case. I think literally they were approving maybe one out of 70,000 cases, something like that. It was that rare. Wow. But we had all these kids and young adults embraces and all of a sudden de repente you know they they stop so it was a big part of your business i mean ortho huge. was a big big part of your business yeah and and in they stopped yeah and we we thought you know it's in our name it's rodeo dental and orthodontics and we thought you know should we stop doing ortho but we got to take care of all these patients and then we realized you know one of our core values is do the right thing like it's it, mm. the time's always right to do the right thing and we started, you know, offices shut down, they abandoned their patients and we had patients driving in from three hours. We stepped up and said, Hey, this is a black eye on the profession. We can't have this. Um, it's time for us to take a leadership position. And we started seeing patients for free. I think we treated about 3000 patients from all over the state of Texas. Cause you know, they're in the garage 
you know, pulling off brackets with, with pliers and, you know, cutting their lip and, you know, getting cavities around it. And it just wasn't right. And, uh, and Sam and Brian and I stepped up and we really took care of it with the team. And we had patients driving three, four hours to do it. But it was, again, it was like you mentioned, it was a pivot. And I think companies with great cultures, when times get tough, when there's a time of crisis, are able to not just survive, but thrive because they mm. innovate. And that's really what, what's so strong about having and so important about having a, a really strong culture uh, within your practice is stuff's going to happen. That's an external locus of control. And when we're able to really innovate and get through it and just band together and, hey, guys, let's figure this out. I mean, the, the team really came through and the team really saved, uh, you know, saved a lot of people from a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort. But I was really, really proud of the team for pulling through with that. All right. So a uh, moment of transparency. Yeah. <clears throat> what hasn't worked? <laughs> I what give us an example. Worked? Yeah. Some things that maybe you you tried, you innovated and it was like, mm bad move because <laughs> great innovators make a lot of mistakes. That's how you innovate is yeah. you, have to, you have to try a lot of things and you test a lot of things and, and some things you go, nah, not going there. Give us an example of something that where you innovated and it was like, nah, this is not a good direction. to go. So uh, per permission to be vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> permission. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, we tried going off brand, got a little, you know, maybe got a little cocky, like, Hey, let's try another brand. You know, we got the system down and, you know, kind of like scope and listening by the same company. Yeah. yeah, we got this. And it did not work. It did not work. <laughs> I think we tried it for like a year or two and it was just dragging. We were dragging a, a dead horse. Uh, uh, I don't want to mention the brand or anything because some people have, have carried it on, but uh, it just did not work. We, we fell flat on our face, um, humbled us, but taught us, Hey guys, refocus. Like you're good at this. You're good at rodeo. You're good at the multi specialty, uh, big box locations, like stick with that and run that play down the field. But yeah, that was, uh, that did not work as well, but you're right. When you fail, you fail forward. you learn and you get, you get back up and you keep going? And it may have been the least expensive lesson that made you more <clears throat> than anything else, because you learned that lesson go, we're going to, we're going to stay focused on what we do best and exactly, keep exactly. Get off on offshoots. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. One thing that we, um, recognized you guys for which people's jaws dropped was 50,000 five-star online reviews. And just another, like, we'll toot your horn a little more. We were at the dental digital conference last week and yeah. my social practice researched the top 20 most, what, what was it? Yeah, most top, reviewed practice. Top, top 20 most reviewed practices in the country. And Rodeo Dental held like six of them. <laughs> and this was, this was by location. That. So this wasn't the whole yeah, thing. This overall. was just by location. I think the one that popped up, uh, I think, the, do, you, do you have an office in El Paso? No, we don't have El Paso. It wasn't El Paso. Maybe. It was one of the Texas offices that had like yeah. 3,500 reviews. So good. Could yeah, you talk? It might be could South you, Texas. Yeah, could you talk South. about it for a minute? Maybe like how that idea was created. That does not just happen by chance. Uh, could you talk oh, no. about it? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. No. It doesn't happen by chance. You, you got just like anything you want, you got to work for it and go hard. But, um, you know, obviously you have to have the great service and the great culture because you, you just can't fake those types of reviews at all. Right. Um, but we also, 
you know, not just by having the great culture and great, uh, the great service. What we did is we created an easy way for patients to be able to do that. You know, because if you ask somebody, Hey, go home and do a review. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to it. And it doesn't happen. But if you text them something that makes it easy Mm -hmm. and they do it on their own and it's organic just by, by, by the law of mathematics, because we see so many patients, it just kind of got this flywheel effect where we got a lot of people, but the team, we really tried to make it fun too, and make contests and like, Hey, Southmost, you know, let's see if you can beat, you know, Forest Hill because they're the top one. And they are so competitive. That's really what the secret was. You know, they are so competitive, like they'll compete somebody. And then, you know, we'll, we'll take them to top golf or bowling or, you know, throw them a pizza party. But that was really kind of behind the, the innovative part. You know, there was the tech piece where you text it, but I think a lot of people do that. But making it fun where there was a healthy competition to be able to do that. And people always want to one up. And we created a belt. It's like a WWE belt. And, you know, they're <laughs> yes. holding, holding it over yes. the shoulders. <laughs> so there, there are, is there anything that you guys don't make fun? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, I believe in making everything fun. Uh, you know, yeah. the only thing we don't make fun is when we do our emergency drills. Because <laughs> that one is just... <laughs> you know that one shouldn't be fun at all but everything else we find a way to make it fun it's big big part of the culture big part of the brand uh it's what this is what makes it work anybody who follows uh follows you guys on social media it seems like there's always a always some kind of a celebration or something fun going on yeah you know Sam, the best thing he's at is throwing parties he is yes. great at making something fun i mean he's just the master at it um, talk to us about training. You know, I've been fortunate uh, to be a part of some of the meetings and some of the training that you guys do. And you're incorporating into your practices a lot of people who have no dental experience at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the dentists obviously do. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> but you've got a lot of other, I mean, you're, you're an entry point for a lot of people into the industry. It's their first experience in dentistry. So talk to us a little bit about how you take us. And I I mentioned this primarily because of the staffing issues in the industry right now. It's challenging to find good people. And one of the best ways to staff today is you got to be willing to go outside the industry and bring in people that might be interested in, in dentistry. So what do you do to make it easy for somebody that's never had any dental experience to get involved and be successful in your practices? Yeah, great question, because we're all facing this in healthcare, especially in dentistry. There's just, you know, uh, the employment situation is, is tough and you got to think outside the box and get people that don't have any experience. You know, they just came out of DA school or, you know, some other training program. Um, and what I found is we have to create, you know, a culture of mentorship where people come in because people are usually hungry for education and to learn and to grow and people want to know what's possible. So we really try to show them their career path and show them what they can be. And we've had success stories from, um, you know, staff that have come out and fresh out of fresh out of, you know, DA school. Yeah. And now they're area leads or regional leads. And it's because we have this mentorship program. And as I say that, I see mentor of the month right over your shoulder and it's very fitting uh, but you know, when we, when we train and we create systems for it, but also we make it fun and we show them what their career path could be. 
uh, we've found that it's really helped um, helped solve some of this problem. Not not completely 100%, just to be honest with you, but uh, but it's really helped bridge the gap uh, during these tough times of employment. Uh, give us some examples of uh, two or three mentors, clinical mentors that um, have made a difference in, in your clinical practice. Clinical mentors. So first of all, would be my dad. Um, my dad, uh, he just sold his practice right before COVID. So I told him he hit the lotto. January 2020, he got out. <laughs> he really? But yeah, he, he got so lucky, but he, he's my number one clinical mentor. He had more CE uh, hours in the entire country than any other doctor. Wow. The AGD recognized him. I think he had 7,000 at the time. I wow. mean, that's, that's where you got your passion for disease, <laughs> man, from your dad. You saw him going to, going to classes all the time. Yeah. My mom was like, you know, like, how about you spend a weekend, uh, you know, not taking a C instead, right. but I had to one up him, you know, and I'm, I'm still on the journey, but part of it was one up in him, but he taught, he taught me so much. Uh, he, he was my number one clinical mentor. Um, Dr. Bill Dorfman would be another one, you know, yeah. I've always, always looked up to him, uh, as well. Great, great cosmetic dentist. And, and my third one, uh, would be the late, uh, great, uh, Carl Misch, who really taught me about implants and implantologies. And he passed right. away, uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, but he was a great, great mentor with a, just his brain was just like a supercomputer. He could tell you the shrinkage rate of each composite and, uh, you know, crazy little facts like that, but they all taught me really how to do really great clinical dentistry. Um, favorite athlete. I didn't prep you for this. So you got, these yeah. are rapid response. Michael Jordan. Athlete. Michael Jordan. MJ. All right. What, yeah. what do you admire most about uh, MJ? Killer instinct. Killer instinct, right? Killer instinct refuses to lose. <laughs> and you know what he refuses? You know, you talked, you asked about uh, failure before he failed and he kept going and he learned what didn't work. And, you know, he has that quote, you know, I've missed over 900 game winning shots and I've lost X amount of games, but that's why I'm a champion, yeah. you know, and, and that's true. We all fail, but you, you get back up and you keep trying and you learn from it. Nice. Favorite thing to do outside of dentistry? Play tennis. Tennis. You're a tennis yeah. buff. Yeah. Love I just it. got into it uh, uh, about three, four years ago and yeah, I'm hooked. <laughs> I'm hooked. Love it. Yeah. If you were um, starting all over, knowing what you know now, you're coming out of UOP, um, what would you do the same? What would you do different? A lot of things Great. you do the same. Great question. Anything yeah. you do different? You know, Steve, um, as dentists, we learn so much about how to do a procedure. You know, we get so maniacally focused on, you know, your margins and your implants and all this sort of stuff. And that's really what I focused on my first few years. Uh, but the stuff like that you guys teach at Crown Council and that I've learned from you, I wish I started that right off the bat, honestly. I, I just look at the trajectory and how much more you get. I always say culture is the root that bears the fruit. You know, when you when you feed the culture, you do it. And at first I was like, oh, this is just fun stuff. You know, the first two years, like, let me get to the real work. And then I realized that is the real work, you know, right. investing in your people and spending time and learning how to communicate and lead your team and connect with your patients is the most important thing. You know, the clinical stuff is important as well, 
but I, I wish I'd started that, um, you know, a little bit sooner, about two, two years sooner in my career. I just, you know, think back and, you know, thinking I could be two years ahead and, and what a beautiful thing that would be. But, uh, as far as doing the same, you know, having great mentors, clinical and as well as non-clinical, uh, you know, learning these quote unquote soft skills are super, super important. And I and want that's to know who called the them same. soft. Who decided they were soft? I don't know. Like, I read it somewhere. And it's learn, dude. <laughs> they are. And they're really important. They're are really there hard important. skills? Where are the hard skills? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, it's all part of the equation to create a great culture and mm-hmm. make it a place where people want to work, which you've done. And and a place where patients make, makes it easy to, for patients to say yes. Absolutely. You know, and one thing I've noticed that Rodeo does so well is your team members do such a great job telling the story on their own, like out on social media. When your team is good, it's so much easier to tell the story out to everybody. Like, you don't have to fake it. You're not like, hey, everything's great in the practice. It's like, no, it really is. <laughs> like, we love. And uh, one thing at the annual event, Yaya, you have like a, a content creator who is trying to help tell that story. Could you share a little bit about that? Like how you guys manage the stories that are being told from your practices by uh, whether it's the content creator or the, or people's personal uh, social media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, storytelling is really important. It's really important part of communication. And I think by me and Psalm constantly telling our story and our Genesis story and, and really our why, you know, and they see why, what we're doing. And we always, we begin almost every meeting that we have, especially like the all hands meetings where we have our, we have these town halls every two weeks. Um, everyone knows it and it kind of just the repetition, it sticks in their head and they really know that they're part of this rodeo tribe. So they're able to just tell the story about about who they're a part of and really hold it with pride and really hold it up as, you know, as a beacon of hope to others as well. So, you know, that's part of it is just the oral storytelling, but capturing it, you know, on video and in media is another one. And we just we just started that doing that a little bit on a on a higher level where we've started doing that more. Um, But really, when you just see people in there, you know, naturally being themselves. We want people to express themselves while knowing the story. The story comes out on its own and it just becomes very organic. That's the best way. Very cool. Well, congrats on on the journey so far. I know there is a lot more to come to the rodeo story and you all have innovated an amazing practice and impacting thousands and thousands of lives and many more thousands to come. So thank you for sharing with us today and thanks for your great example and making it happen. Well, thank you, Steve. And uh, thank you, Stuart, for having me. Um, And honestly, you guys have been a huge, huge part of this. I look back and I don't know where I'd be or where Rodeo would be without the Crown Council or without any of you guys. And I remember the first time I met you when you came into the Fort Worth office and we did a a training in the lobby and I was just like, wow. Wow. Like what, a, what a whole different way of thinking, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. And then when you're exposed to it, it's like, give me more. This is a superpower because it's such a beautiful <laughs> thing and it makes practicing so much more fun and enjoyable. So thank you guys for all you guys do for the profession uh, and for us here at Rodeo Dental. Oh, thank you. And thanks for making it happen. It takes, uh, it takes great implementation to make it work. So we appreciate it. Essential part of that. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks so much.
grateful for you, Yaya. Thanks, Steve. Um, great episode. Appreciate you both. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here and super honored that you guys invited me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.